Welcome back to Neighboring. This is a series of interviews where we explore uh, what it means to be a good neighbor. We invite friends, uh, family members, coworkers, people we haven't even met yet, uh, and really ask this question, what does it mean to be a good neighbor? And today I'm with Evelina uh, with Imani Family Services, and she's gonna tell us a little bit about her story. Thank you for coming on. Thank you very much for having me. Yes, well, I'm really excited to, to speak with you today and share and hear some of your story. Uh, please introduce yourself, tell us a little bit about Mani, and tell us some of, some of your story. Yes, um, my name is Evelina Connolly, and uh, I am Polish-born. I've been in this country for about 20 years, um, which is about half of my life. Um, I found my way to Omani originally as uh, a therapist and uh, returned to Omani um, last November in a new role um, as a clinical director. I oversee the clinical operations. All right. Tell us a little bit of what does Omani do? Yes, Amani Family Services is a social service agency here in town. Um, and very much like uh, every other social agency, we render services to clients who might be in need of counseling, therapy, um, treatment options for various mental health concerns. Unlike uh, all the other agencies in town, our vision and mission focuses on the refugee and immigrants. We partner with those families to help them navigate the resources and allow them access to resources. That's great. Yeah. Uh, how long has Amani been around? That's over a decade now. Okay. Yes. Well, one of the things a part of the series is we're really just trying to explore this, this context of what does it mean to be a good neighbor. Uh, we have our own, as Americans, we have our own understanding of that. Uh, part of my curiosity as, as creating this series is curious about, you know, I've done some international travel, I've done, uh, I've interacted in, in, uh, with various immigrant and refugee communities, and uh, almost every time I just sense this warmth and deep relational connectivity uh, from complete strangers. And uh, so I'm curious in the context of this series, like really wanting to explore, like what does neighboring look like from four individuals that are from a different place, grew up in a different culture, different context, uh, and then what it's like to even come to the United States and trying to assimilate and connect and uh, try to find good neighbors and be relational. And so I'm really curious to hear about your story. What was your, what is your understanding of, uh, of neighboring and being a good neighbor from your time in Poland? Yeah, so that's really a loaded question. Um, yes, help me, help me try to take a very generalized, <laughs> big picture view into a very micro uh, personal experience for us. Because yes. like we've talked before, like, it's one thing to have a very macro, big picture perspective, and it's a completely different thing when you get relational and personal. So tell us your story. Certainly. Um, well, coming from Poland, uh, I grew up uh, in what I would refer to as collectivist culture. Uh, we're very people-oriented. Uh, and I think um, in your question, or maybe what you were referring to in general, refugees, immigrants, a lot of those individuals are coming from collectivist cultures. So relationships mean a lot to us. This is a way of living. Um, and neighborhoods are really our microcosms uh, of uh, you know, how we exist and, and how we learn about the, the bigger world. Um, our neighbors are often the, the sources of our you know, biggest strengths mm. and, and support. Um, and so uh, this is the kind of mentality that I grew up with. Uh, to me, being a neighbor means being connected 
uh, being able to share in joys and sorrows and uh, share resources, access to resources as well. Um, now to maybe tap into the second part of your question of how was that experience for me what, in comparison to coming here? Yeah, what is, uh, explain, you mentioned like a collective, collectivist mm -hmm. culture, community. Give us some more context for that. What does, what does that really mean uh, to somebody that may not have? That's a new sure. term. Yeah, sure. Unless you've thought about it. So it's really the focus is not necessarily on yourself, but is uh, on uh, yourself as a part of a community. And that's, that's the way of thinking. Um, I don't look at myself as uh, an individual who can be fully self-sufficient. Uh, my goal in life is not to be independent. Um, I am looking to exist in a context of supportive community where I can coexist and, and be interdependent. So offer the strengths and resources that I have, but also have the benefit of um, reaching out for the strengths and the resources in somebody else. Okay, that's helpful, thank you. Yeah. Yeah, so back to your own kind of story and like how you grew up and... Mm -hmm. So um, again, um, I grew up in a culture where we're um, very connected and um, very close uh, to the point that as a teenager, I, I felt a little crowded. I felt that there are a lot of people that knew a lot of things about me. And, and literally as a child on the playground, if I was out of line, it was absolutely appropriate for somebody else's parent to come and smack me on the butt if I was not behaving. That was, uh, that was socially acceptable. That was something that um, actually parents expected of one another, that there's always going to be eyes and ears even though they are not physically present, somebody else would be watching over their kids and making decisions you know, for their well-being. Um, so as a teenager, uh, of course, that didn't work out very well for me and uh, I wanted to be independent and I wanted to break away from that. And coming to America was just the perfect opportunity to start anew. And the um, interesting thing about it was that the minute I arrived here and found myself in this new reality, um, the, the community, it was what I immediately started to long for. Mm. Wow. Yeah. And then since coming here 20 years ago, I feel I spend every waking moment of my, of my time trying to build that for myself and my children. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. So from there, so you've been here for about 20 years and uh, you, you transitioned into this into the United States and into this community. What was the kind of the transition? How did you get established? How did you eventually kind of reconnect with community or like, what was that process to come to a new place, to try to find work, to try to find friends, you know, a new sense of family on a day-to-day -day basis? What, what was that transition kind of like for you? It was detrimental <laughs> for me. Um, it has very much impacted um, the way I think and, and live today. Um, when I say coming to America, I, I really have to specify coming to Fort Wayne, Indiana. Okay, yeah. Um, and the reason I want to point it out is that when we talk about sense of community and connectedness, um, we're also, we have to think about ways to connect with people. 
um, well, transportation is not our strength here in Fort Wayne, Indiana. So I found myself living on the outskirts of the city okay. and uh, not having driver's license yet, um, not speaking the language. So my opportunities to connect were very um, limited. Um, and um, it took a few years to be able to find my ways, um, you know, go back to school and learn the language. I found that one way to connect is to establish common communication. And language is everything. Language mm. is not just, not, doesn't only give you the ability to communicate what you want to say, but to also understand the culture. Um, as you know, language doesn't also exist, you know, just words are meaningless without the context of culture. And so through learning language, I was able to learn more about the American culture as well and look for those points of, you know, connection. Yeah. That I couldn't make, yeah. That's great. So you, if I remember right, from a previous conversation we had, you you had done some university before you came, right? Mm -hmm. And you transitioned to, the, to Fort Wayne, Indiana, okay. and it didn't quite transfer, right? Not quite, okay. no. Okay. So no. you almost had to, like, what, restart and, and start college again and, and kind of start from scratch? Well, I, you know, I look at it as I had the opportunity to yeah. actually go to school and do something that I was passionate about mm -hmm. doing, something that was not a part of my reality, uh, living in post-communist Poland, uh, where the degree that I had to choose had to be reasonable. Yeah. And, um, you know, I had to make sure that it would be something that would offer, you know, um, fair compensation so I can support myself as an, as an adult. Um, so I had, um, again, you know, the, the privilege to, to be able to choose a, a program, an area of study that um, was close to my heart. Uh, but it wasn't an easy process. As I mentioned, it took me a few years to learn the language, to be able to um, achieve the proficiency um, so I could write the papers and take the exams. Sure. Uh, here in America, we love the multiple uh, choice tests and that's a skill that I had to learn because wow. I come from a world of writing essays. Okay. And, um, that, that was a, one of major skills that I had to learn. Interesting. Yeah. yeah. Oh wow, interesting. So your personal experiences, your professional pursuits and your desires, you know, have led you to, to, to the role that you're at now and I'm sure there's lots of steps in between there in the last 20 years. but. Fast forwarding into your current role as the clinical director at Imani, tell us a little bit about some of the other families and individuals that are coming to Fort Wayne and trying to go through a similar process you had. Like, give us a snapshot of that process maybe in Fort Wayne today. Yes, um, again, it's a it's a broad question. I'll try to answer best sure. I can. And based on Feel the experiences, yeah, based on the experiences yeah. that have been shared with me with uh, through our clients and, and families that, that we serve, um, a lot of it I can absolutely imagine and relate to. Um, being an immigrant myself, um, you know, even though the experiences, uh, maybe the motivation in coming to America are, were different. Um, but the experience of having to come uh, and go through the process of acculturation are very much the same. It's something to 
um, that can easily relate to. It's definitely a common ground. You know, we have so many different groups of people here in Fort Wayne. Uh, we have refugees, we have immigrants. Um, you know, just um, thinking of, of their immigration status informs you uh, a little bit or a lot as to their process of how they have come to live here. Um, you know, and that's a very important piece because that also informed me as to what are some things that they may need to um, integrate uh, to this community and live successful, productive lives. So I've already made a couple of generalizations and just trying to facilitate this conversation, which is which is really great uh, and great, very challenging. And you've done you've been very gracious at like, well, it depends. Let's dive a little bit more into that, which gets out of kind of the next string of questions and the challenges. So there's individuals like myself and, and various communities that really want to try to know we want to try to cross the the threshold, we want to be relationally engaging and trying to get to know folks. And so, but that's a scary and unfamiliar place for, for a lot sure. of folks. We haven't been taught how to do that. Uh, you've probably experienced like our communities in the United States can be very homogenous. You know, we, we go and we move and we target based on a lot of what mm -hmm. we look like. We, we don't necessarily choose a lot of diverse environments that gives us that kind of daily routine of, mm -hmm. of having our worldviews broadened due to, to diverse relationships. So help me and help us uh, maybe approach this from what would you, what kind of advice would you give folks that are really wanting to, trying to be more aware and more engaging and connective? What are some ideas and steps that we could take to make that process less awkward, less challenging, and more beneficial for us all? I love that question. I really do. And I think um, I may have a good answer for you for this one. Okay. I don't think it's just um, getting to know people that are uh, visibly, markedly different than us, uh, but people in general. We are all very different. And um, I like to, I would like to propose that attitude of curiosity. Um, where you are asking somebody to let you learn about them um, without jumping into your assumptions and, and prejudice and you know maybe what you've been thought. A lot of uh, those barriers to wanting to be around people different than us come from some of the stereotypes that are you know so uh, ingrained, embedded uh, in our cultures and it's not just American culture. Um, every culture has their own prejudice against other cultures. Yeah. <laughs> so we all, as humankind, we are against the same challenge, no matter what country you live and what race you are. Uh, and again, being able to approach uh, new people as, you know, with the um, attitude of curiosity and, and wanting to learn is probably the best way. Um, it'll help you really um, capitalize on the opportunity to get to know a person without um, maybe putting barrier, barriers in place based on presumptuous, pr presumptuous you know, thoughts or, or prejudice. Um, so I would say, I don't know that I have one fix for all, but I yeah. would say just being 
open to new encounters and being open to hearing and learning and taking one down and saying, I don't know, can you tell me, can you teach me about this? Mm. Uh, people tend to be more gracious that way. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's, that's a great answer, uh, very insightful on the idea that, uh, you know what, this is just a people thing uh, to an extent. Like, what is the natural curiosity driving? And then we don't have to, it doesn't have to be as big and broad or, or even as overwhelming as we think about it. But right. if we become more curious about the people we're around on a, on a regular basis, and even at times like choose to, to put yourself in places. Right, and it's a two-way street, yeah. you know. Uh, here I am from Poland. I am, you're trying to learn about me, I'm trying to learn about you. Sure. You know, we're, you know, learning simultaneously about each other's cultures. And um, if I was to walk into this conversation thinking you were a typical American, right, and had all these uh, thoughts that I've been fed over the years of what it means to be a typical American, I probably would miss out on a lot of, you know, wonderful qualities that you do have or, you know, stories about you mm. that I could never learn. Oh, that's great. Yeah. So you mentioned that uh, really for the last kind of 20 years or so, you've been trying to kind of almost recreate and uh, are constantly working on a daily basis to, to kind of rebuild the first 20 years of your life or more, uh, this idea of this collective culture and community in your, in your family, in your neighborhoods. How's that going? It's going great. Okay. It's going great. I'm pretty sure my mom is not going to be an audience to this show, but if she did, <laughs> she would be so darn proud of me. <laughs> that's great. What are some ways that that looks like? What, is, what are some forms that that's taking place? You know, there's so many things that you can do as an individual to, to build a community. And um, one of the things that was important to me uh, when, when living in Fort Wayne is finding a place that I belong. I think belonging is you know, a quest that we're all on. We want to belong in some way. So for me, it started with finding the, the type of neighborhood, the type of surroundings that I felt comfortable with. And uh, so that was a step. And then finding ways to connect and finding ways to give to that community. Um, so not only, uh, you know, sitting in my home and waiting for opportunities to knock on my door and people wanting to get to know me, just being able to go out there and see what are some things that I can do, what are some assets, resources that I bring, you know, to that community that I can share. Okay. Yeah. What does it mean with your work at Amani, I think, is very interesting. What does it look like, or how would you respond to this idea, what does it look like to advocate for someone else? Like this role of advocacy in, in our society, no matter really what the background is, but I think you guys have some really unique perspective on this idea of what, is it, what does it mean to really advocate for something or someone else? Right, from the very start, the way we think about the families that we work with, you know, we tend to think life is a journey for all of us. And it's always good to have a good uh, fellow traveler go alongside you. And sometimes that fellow traveler may offer you information that you need to navigate the new terrain, you know, new territory. And that kind of, that's kind of how we see our role. Uh, we don't necessarily serve or we, we're really, uh, we partner with our families and we're research to them. Um, I, I hope that this is answering your question. Um, 
that's it's our philosophy. Um, also, you've mentioned um, how intimidating it can be to interact with people that are very different than you are. We see our role uh, in helping uh, people um, maybe take the next step in their cultural competency. So we'll offer trainings to the community, we'll offer trainings to the providers um, to answer some questions. Uh, we all are generally afraid of the unknown and yeah. <laughs> different. Sure. And again, that's a humankind thing. That's not a specific person thing. Um, and so being able to, to, to address the, those um, hesitations and being able to um, open a dialogue with the community um, where we can find opportunities for our families to, to connect and integrate and thrive. Yeah, you talked about this idea of culture, cultural competency and, and really needing to develop that. And uh, what I'm picking up and really trying to, trying to gather here is like, that, that's commitment, that's intentionality. There's this, you know, proximity plays a huge part in this. And, and how am I, how are you putting, your, putting yourself in places and choosing places that really put you in close proximity with others? And, and wade into the discomfort or the unknowns or the, the mess of it and stay long enough that mm -hmm. you can become, become changed and, and, and really growing in those areas. To wrap up here, what, number one, I'm curious, what, is it, what does it mean to be a good neighbor from your perspective? From somebody, you personally. For me, for yeah. me personally, is, a, is somebody that you can come over unannounced that you can stop by and pick up a cup and borrow a cup of flour, um, that you can stop by and share um, maybe your access of produce that you overbought at the farmer's market and you don't want it to go to waste, uh, you know, that you uh, say hello, that you start a conversation, that you care. Yeah. From a, from, a, from a person that comes from and works with a lot of cultures that, or a lot of individuals from this collective cultural background, mm -hmm. what are ways that someone like myself that hasn't, uh, some general ways, of what does it mean then to, to be a good neighbor? What are some things that we could learn about that you see most present in those kind of cultures for someone that, that hasn't necessarily grown up or experienced that? Yes, it is going to start with curiosity. You can go to any of the ethnic food stores and browse and learn more about that. That's great. About the food that they make. Food is huge. For most collectivist cultures, <laughs> food is the center of interaction. Uh, big shout out to my uh, colleague and friend, Mandeep, who has brought a delicious lunch for everybody today at work. Uh, an opportunity to gather and, um, you know, do some productive thinking and strategizing, um, but also opportunity to connect, you know, so, so food is great. Um, if you have opportunity to attend any cultural events, we have so many of them in Fort Wayne. We're so very lucky. Um, and if you actually go, um, you, you experience that hospitality. They'll never um, make you feel as, you are, you don't belong. Hmm. They'll make you a part of it right away. And that's true for most of, at least the experiences that I've had. 
um, because on the outside I also look as pretty typical average person. So uh, when I go into a setting uh, to interact with with the Burmese culture, or, you know, they don't see me as also culturally different, other than probably uh, what they would refer to as mainstream. And uh, you know, I've always had wonderful experiences. I think being a good neighbor is really taking interest and in getting to know people, connecting with them. Yeah. Well, thank you so much. Sure. Thank you for joining me today. Thank you. Thank you for uh, wading into this conversation with me and having a tremendous amount of grace for myself. And uh, <laughs> now we're now we're neighbors, and uh, we can move forward in that in that space. Thanks for your work at Amani and uh, for doing your best to try to wherever you're at create community and uh, pull people in. I really appreciate Thank that. You. Thank you for your time. Yeah. Thanks for joining uh, this week's episode of Neighboring. I hope that you, like myself, will take some time to go to the grocery store, catch the next uh, event where we can uh, be present and begin to, to learn by one, building new friendships uh, cross-culturally uh, with our neighbors who have so much to offer and we have so much to offer them as well. So thanks for tuning in and we'll see you the next time. Neighboring is presented by NeighborLink, a volunteer organization that connects vulnerable neighbors with neighbors looking to help. Neighboring is produced by Punch Films, a national full-service video production company based in Fort Wayne, Indiana. Creative direction by Lindy Bazil and Lindsay Ray Porter. Music is by Metavari off their recent album, Symmetry. Be sure to visit neighboringpodcast.com to watch or listen to other episodes.